Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 2, we're looking at verses 1 through 20 today. While you're finding that passage, I'll begin by telling you that back in 1999, that was a while back, God was at work in my life. This is before my accident and all that, that happened in 2004, but he was actually working in my life before then. He was teaching me to trust him, teaching me to trust him with my life, teaching me to trust him with my, my ministry as a pastor. And out of that time, I made a promise to God. The promise that I made to God out of that time was this. I promised him that as long as I was um, in an active position of ministry, I would never seek another position of ministry. Now, that that promise was off if I'm not in ministry. If I'm working at Walmart, (laughs) then I'm free to look. But if I'm working, if I'm serving, if I am uh, gainfully uh, employed by a local church or some other ministry, but as long as God wants me there, I'm there, and I won't seek another one um, as long as I'm there. I believed then, as I have thus experienced since then, that God is fully capable of moving me where he wants me to be, when he wants me to be there, without any effort or help from me whatsoever. You hear that and you say, well, Pastor Mike, that sounds really beautiful, that's really nice, but what does that have to do with Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20? And I tell you, it has nothing to do with Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, in one sense. But then in another sense, it has everything to do with this passage. You see, my story is my story, and it has nothing to do with the passage as far as that goes. But the truth that lies behind my story has everything to do with the text. And I want to get kicked off here this morning with that truth, and it's on the screen for you. The truth that I'm talking about is this one, that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Instead of reacting to what takes place in the world, we find that that God brings his plans into time and space, even even using the decrees of, of rulers and governments to get his will accomplished. And that's where all of this begins to take form and take shape. And I invite you to look with me at the scripture, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to a city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be met, registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it was told them. So how is it that Mary and Joseph ended up in Bethlehem at the very time she was to give birth? You know, 700 years earlier, the prophet Micah prophesied that the Messiah would come from Bethlehem. But there's no evidence in the scripture anyway that Joseph and Mary were aware of that prophecy. Even though the angel had appeared to both of them and given them many details, that is a detail, this idea that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, that was not given to them by uh, the angel. So how is it they end up in Bethlehem at just the right time? You know, if we weren't careful, we would be tempted to think that they wound up there because they knew ahead of time, and so they're, they're exercising their flesh, and they're, they're doing what they can do to participate with God and to make the prophecy come true. But I find none of that in the passage. They weren't looking to partner with God in this way to, to bring about the fulfillment of prophecy. Instead, Luke tells us that God used the decree of Caesar Augustus to get them there. God used the decree of a man who knew nothing of Jehovah, who nothing, nothing of Yahweh, nothing of the prophecies. He used him to make a decree that everyone in his realm was to go to their ancestral city, their ancestral hometown to be registered. And this is what caused Joseph and Mary to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It was inconvenient as this decree was, as silly as it might have seemed to them at this time of their life to have to get up and move out and go down the road to to Bethlehem. We find that Mary and Joseph had no other reason other than the reason of obeying the law to go there. But we find that their, their obedience, in their obedience to the decree of Caesar, the prophetic decree of God that his son would be born in Bethlehem, was fulfilled. And so we find that while they were there fulfilling their civic responsibility, that the days of Mary's pregnancy were completed, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. I have a truth point that I want to share with you today. And so if you have your note guide out, you might want to fill this in today because this one is so important, I believe. What we find in this storyline thus far is that when one walks in step with God, they never have to kick down doors to get his will accomplished. You ever found yourself 
trying to do what you need to do to kick down the doors to get God's will accomplished? I have. But I've discovered you don't have to do that. What I've discovered is is that when you walk in step with God, God will see to it. God will see to it that the circumstances support his will and will bring you to the place where you need to be when you need to be there. You can rely upon God to ensure that whether it makes sense or not, he's going to get you where you need to be because he's involved in your life. Now with that said, I I don't want us to think that that means it's going to be easy or pleasant or even understandable because that's not the case at all. In fact, we may find that it's very inconvenient what God does to get us from point A to point B. It may not be understandable. We may be scratching our heads trying to figure out, Lord, what in the world are you doing? It may not be pleasant. It may not be desirable. But Luke points out that God is involved in the affairs of man. And he has any means at his disposal to make his plan come into being. We find that for Joseph and Mary, their trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem was probably not desirable, not understandable, not what they would have chosen. I mean, the trip itself was around 100 miles, they tell us. Mary may have had a donkey to ride. We like to talk about that, but... Do you know, nowhere in scripture is a donkey mentioned. That's just something that's been added to the story. In fact, she may have had to walk. And I want us to think about how long it might have taken for a late stage third trimester mother (laughs) to walk a hundred miles. Or even to ride on a donkey for a hundred miles. And then when they get there to Bethlehem, things don't get better They actually get worse. Remember that at this particular point in history, there's a lot of folks traveling. They're going back to their ancestral homes. They're going to obey the decree of of Caesar. And so Bethlehem was swollen with families who had made the long long journey. So swollen, in fact, that that every inn, every guest house, every would-be shelter was taken by other weary guests. And they find themselves, so to speak, out in the cold. Now this brings up to me the, uh, the legendary innkeeper. You're familiar with him, right? Well, he actually doesn't appear in scripture either. It just tells us, she just says that the reason she put him in the feeding trough was because there was no room in the inn. The innkeeper's never mentioned. There's never one talked about. I suppose that if there was an inn in Bethlehem, it probably had a keeper. But uh, that legendary innkeeper, he gets really, or she gets really a bad rap, don't you think? I mean, what would you have done if you were the proverbial innkeeper? I mean, the city is swollen with people. All your rooms are booked. Every one of your stalls is taken. Every guest house is full. Every barn is full. What are you supposed to do? Cast one family out for another? That's not going to work. Which of you would have volunteered to say, yeah, we'll give up our room and sleep outside? so that Mary and Joseph can have their, our room. You probably wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't either. It would appear that Joseph and Mary's emergency was not anyone else's problem. Luke gives us the impression then that instead of being born in a nice room, a comfortable guest house, a relative's home, even a stable, that most likely the baby Jesus was born out in the open. 
And so with little to no comfort, little to no personal dignity, Mary gave birth. And the king of kings, God's own unique son, was born. As was the custom in the day, Mary took her baby and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths. And the only mention, the only reason the inn is even mentioned or an inn is even mentioned is because Luke is telling us why she put him in a feeding trough. There was nowhere else. There was nothing else available. So she simply put him in a feeding trough. What an inauspicious beginning for the Messiah. Not far from Bethlehem, there were shepherds who were tending some sheep. They were close to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where the temple was located. And there's strong evidence that these shepherds might not have been keeping watch over their own personal property. In fact, they may have actually been keeping watch over sheep that had been put into their charge, sheep that were there to be used for sacrifice. If that's true, then what happens next is all the more glorious. For as those shepherds kept watch over their sheep, they were destined for sacrifice, the true Lamb of God. The final and ultimate sacrifice for sin had just been born. And Luke tells us that an angel sent by God appeared to them to make this known. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.